Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Here we are live from Las Vegas, Nevada at the BetMGM Sportsbook. It's SportsGrid live from Las Vegas. Excited to be here with you. We're going to have action-packed hours. Warren Sharp will join us in just a few moments. But what we're going to do today is set the tone for what the matchups look like this week. Obviously, both defenses, highly ranked defense, and historic matchup in terms of competitive defenses, but we're going up against two MVP-worthy quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes, a former MVP, Brock Purdy in the MVP race all season. How can they fare against these defenses? So we'll do every matchup that we can. San Francisco offense versus the Kansas City defense. The Kansas City offense versus the Niners defense. What do the special teams look like? How will that impact the game? Surely there'll be a key special teams play. The Niners working with an inexperienced kicker and the Chiefs working with one of the best in the entire world. So I uh, wanted to take a look at the stats, really, of these teams as we set it up before Warren comes on. And Patrick Mahomes, at age 28, will be the youngest quarterback in NFL history to start a fourth Super Bowl, beating Tom Brady by two years. So how did his offense fare this year? Well, 22 points a game, 15th in the league. Yards per game, 8th in the league. Yards per play, top 10. So a little bit more efficient than their overall scoring appeared to be. But third down conversions, they were 6th in the league. Fourth down conversions, about middle of the league. And red zone scoring, that's a big problem for the Chiefs this year. 19th. So in years past, they were certainly far more efficient in the red zone than they have been this season. And that's probably led to the downtick in scoring and what the reason that people were looking at the Chiefs quizzically and wondering if they could be a real contender in 2023. But here they find themselves in the Super Bowl just a couple of days away from the real action. That red zone scoring percentage at 52%. So let's take a look at the Chiefs' defensive side of the stats, too. We'll go team by team here to open it up. And obviously Sunday features one of the best defensive matchups in history. The Chiefs have allowed just 17.3 points per game. That was second in the league, only behind Baltimore. San Francisco will get to their defense momentarily. 17.5 points per game. That was third in the league, so virtually no difference. But Chiefs' defense really the biggest storyline perhaps for their team this year and how they're able to keep winning, how they're able to keep the Baltimore defense down, how they're able to stop the Bills in the fourth quarter, a fourth quarter in which the, the Bills ran 23 offensive plays and scored zero points on the road, two huge victories. The defense, a big part of it. Their opponents' points per game, just 16.8, second in the entire league. And in the second half, the Chiefs hold the best scoring defense in the entire league, which is a theme that you will hear me repeat over and over again this week. What does this second half look like? I expect a low-scoring second half due to these defenses and these defensive coordinators being able to match up even against elite offenses uh, this season. Opponents' yards per game, top 10 for the Chiefs. Opponents' yards per play, top five for the Chiefs. Third down conversions, top five again. So they're able to get off the field, force punts, create situations where they've tipped the field position in their, in their advantage. And their opponents' red zone scoring, again, top 10 in the league defensively for the Chiefs. So that's setting it up for the Chiefs. We'll get to special teams a little bit later. Offensive defenses of the moment. So what we have right here for the 49ers offense, the explosive offense in this matchup, strange to say, but Purdy versus Mahomes, Purdy had the better offense this season. Purdy has an 8 808 winning percentage as a starter, 
has passed for 9.2 yards per attempt and compiled a 47 and 14 touchdown to interception ratio since he's been starting in the league. A 111.2 passer rating. All those are the best marks in the NFL. Quarterbacks with a minimum of 20 starts. That includes the postseason. So their offense this year, 28.9 points per game, second in the league. Yards per game, first in the league, nearly 400 per game, 396.9. Yards per play, first in the league at 6.5. And third down conversion, again, 40, nearly 49%, top five in the league. Fourth down conversion, 50-50 coin flip for them. That's middle of the league. But again, the Niners, a team that was advancing down the field very quickly. Fourth down conversions, they were not in too many desperate scenarios this year, uh, losing just the five games. So red zone scoring, though, tops in the league. Nearly 69%. So the Niners, when they get down in the red zone, they're putting up touchdowns. So obviously they have a lot of weapons. We'll go over that with Warren in just a few moments. And now we go over to the 49ers defensive side of the ball. So opponents points per game, top five. Opponents yards per game, top 10. Yards per play, top 10. The one area in which the Niners have not really been up to par defensively versus the other elite defenses is third down conversions. 42% were their opponents on third down. That's 27th in the league defensively uh, are the Niners on third down. So even with that incredible linebacking duo of Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw, they did struggle to get off the field on third down uh, and opponents red scoring 14th. So middle of the road there. Uh, and I, I think that is something that I'll certainly keep talking about. The second half numbers, can the Niners really stop the run? And Isaiah Pacheco, I think, will be a massive part of this game. But Isaiah Pacheco is expected to be, is going to become the first running back since pro football Hall of Famer Tony Dorsett in 1977 and 78 to start Super Bowls in each of his first two NFL seasons. I have to say expected to because uh, the game hasn't started yet, so Pacheco doesn't officially have the start, but he's expected to. The Chiefs selected Isaiah Pacheco 251st overall, 11 picks before Brock Purdy. 262nd, uh, the last pick in the draft in the seventh round of the 22 NFL draft, which was, guess where that was? Right here. I wasn't here for the seventh round, but I certainly was here in Las Vegas for the 2022 NFL draft. So those two players, full circle. I mentioned them because they are such big parts of the offense. I think it'll be uh, really fascinating to watch them play. It was a, they got drafted here, they come back full circle, and they are playing in the biggest game Certainly the biggest game of Brock Purdy's career and Isaiah Pacheco trying to run it back uh, to get the Chiefs a second Super Bowl victory. They're, they're in their fourth Super Bowl in five seasons. So Warren Sharp will be with me for the rest of the hour uh, when we come back after break. And it's he's going to do a really good job of breaking down what the tendencies of these teams are, what all of those stats that I just threw out, what do they mean? How is this actually going to apply to the game? Uh, I'm excited to have him here. And it's worth noting that the teams against the spread records this year, because we're still we're at plus two. We saw some plus two and a halfs recently, but on the BetMGM Sportsbook, you go there right now, you're going to find Chiefs plus two. Patrick Mahomes, still the underdog. What's his record as an underdog against the number in his career? That's 10-1-1 with nine straight-up victories. In the postseason, as an underdog, Patrick Mahomes' record, 3-0 and straight up. So... That's rattling around in my head quite a bit. I've said I'm a Chiefs lean all week. It's a tough game, obviously, to handicap, but uh, I'm, I'm a Chiefs lean at the moment, and those stats are a big reason why uh, I'm backing them right now. So uh, they're 9-7 and seven in the regular season against the number, 3-0 and oh in the playoffs. Niners 9-8 and eight in the regular season against the number, and 0-2 oh in the playoffs against the number. They have not covered in each of those two games. So we'll see if they can cover uh, this weekend on Super Bowl Sunday. So uh, that number's still at 2, total still at 47.5. Chiefs at a plus 110 money line. When we come back, it's Warren Sharp breaking down all of the action. We're excited to be here live from Las Vegas at the BetMGM Sportsbook. Sports SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And... 
producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to Las Vegas. We are at the Bet MGM Sportsbook at the MGM Grand Hotel. Welcoming in Warren Sharp. It's the Sharp Report on Sports Grid Live from Las Vegas. Excited to have you here, Warren. Obviously, a huge event coming up. I can't wait. Uh, Super Bowl seems like it's taking forever to get here, and yet there's so much to still discuss because these two teams are so evenly matched. It's going to come down to the thinnest of margins. Uh, that's where there are some advantages there to one team or another. I'm excited to break it down. Yeah, so I, that was really what I wanted to spend a lot of time with you on today simply because you and I talk every week during the regular season, and we're talking about teams' tendencies to uh, what they can do offensively, what they can do defensively, and exactly how efficient they can be. So where where I really wanted to start is the KC defense, uh, excuse me, the KC offense versus the San Francisco defense because this isn't a typical Kansas City offense. They've become more concentrated, but they've done enough this postseason. And do you feel like it's possible that they turned a corner in some way playing two different styles of games to get the playoff victories? I do. Uh, This is a team that really has made some adjustments that I think are really going to benefit them for the Super Bowl. Number one, they're utilizing a lot more runs to the perimeter and moving Kelsey to the perimeter. And both of those things are going to be very important, especially as they kind of narrow their target tree down. They're only focusing on fewer receivers. They're really eliminating some of those guys that they tried to roll out there earlier in the year that didn't really have a lot of success. They're taking those targets and shift him back to Travis Kelsey, back to Rasheed Rice, back to Isaiah Pacheco, and then running the football more. Right, right. So in that vein, we saw Isaiah Pacheco touch the ball 28 times against Baltimore. I have an expectation that he's a massive part of the game plan again. I've already talked about how I like his over on rushing attempts. So even though he's not racked up a ton of yardage, they stubbornly are still giving him the football. Do you expect more of the same as they go up against the San Francisco defense that has a lot of big names on it? but perhaps maybe not playing up to the name on the back of the jersey. I do. And so the way that they need to utilize Isaiah Pacheco, and just offensively in general, they like to use a lot of two tight end sets. They use top five rates of multi-tight end sets. Very different from the 49ers that use second highest rate of two fullback sets, two, two running back sets. So the two tight end sets, that's what they actually need to be utilizing a little bit more to pass the ball out of. When they want to run the football, they need to spread the field with their 11 personnel, three wide receivers, that's going to give them a little bit more success running the football. But the way that they're going to get more rushing success is by running to the edges. San Francisco's defense is basically top eight, top ten in all measurable metrics when you run the ball between the guards against them. But when you run the ball to the perimeter, they struggle tremendously. They drop down to near bottom ten averages when you run the ball to the tackles or to the edges of the defense. And without Joe Thune there at their guard, it's going to be even more vital to run the ball to the perimeter because they're going to have even less success run blocking guard to guard. And so one of the interesting elements is they had the fewest edge runs over their entire regular season. However, in the playoffs, because they would run a little bit more to the interior, guard to guard, Chiefs would. But in the playoffs, they have actually started. They're now almost 50-50 on early downs at running to the edges as opposed to into the middle, which is great because they need to lean on those perimeter runs. I think they're going to have some success here. That, to me, is more important than uh, the actual run type because they run a lot of inside zone. 
I'm just care about run to the perimeter, attack the 49ers at their weak point, run at Chase Young, you know, run at these ends a little bit more because they aren't nearly as good defending the run as they are the pass. So how about KC and their passing attack? We know it's more concentrated. We have Kelsey and obviously Rasheed Rice having a tremendous rookie season. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Justin Watson used very sparingly in the past game now. So I, I would say Travis Kelsey aced the test last week against a tremendous linebacking core and Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen, but <laughs> I think he, his, this test may actually ramp up a little bit going up against Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner. In fact, Fred Warner uh, Fred Warner has allowed only a 61.9% passer rating as the nearest def passing defender in coverage, the lowest among NFL linebackers according to next-gen stats. So Travis Kelsey does have his work cut out for him. He does, and this is where there's another edge to the Chiefs, however, in terms of how they've been utilizing Travis Kelsey more recently. So during the season, if you look at a heat map and identify where are they targeting Travis Kelsey on the football field, most of those targets are coming basically six to seven yards down the field, right in the middle of the field, right over the middle. However, in the playoffs, they've been spreading those targets a lot more to the perimeter, and that's exactly what they're going to need to do a little bit more in this game because between the numbers, this linebacking core of the four as you mentioned, Dre Greenlaw, Fred yep. Warner, elite. They rank number one in EPA, number three in success, and number two in yards per attempt when you try to target your tight ends between the numbers. But when you target your tight ends to the perimeter of the field, they drop all the way down to 19 in EPA, 22 in success, and 11th in yards per pass attempt. We've seen a number of tight ends have a lot of success against these guys. Uh, they really haven't gone up against a very good schedule of opposing tight ends, but Sam Laporta, in their last game out, this guy was not at 100%. He was close, not quite at 100%, working with Jared Goff outdoors on the road, yeah. not the most elite time to be able to go against a team when you're playing Goff outdoors on the road. Laporta's still 9 of 13 for 97 yards. And when they played guys like TJ Hawkinson or Trey McBride, those guys both hit 11 of 12 receptions. One hit 86 yards, another hit 107 yards. So they have been giving up receptions and yardage to good tight ends that they've been going up against. Now they're going up against Travis Kelsey, who maybe has lost a half a step. Obviously, he's getting a little bit older, but still has Patrick Mahomes, and the chemistry for those two guys has gotten better. Tremendous, so yeah. they've got this tremendous chemistry, and you need to attack the 49ers defense from tight ends to the perimeter. They've been doing that more in the playoffs, and I think that's one of the routes to success, because if you ask me what's one of the biggest things that the 49ers defense has to do to help win this game, limit Travis Kelsey. Right. So the Chiefs must not fall into the trap of trying to get him one-on-one on matchups over the middle of the field. So this is why we have Warren on. We, you can see we're starting to build a build a, a sort of game plan here of what the Chiefs need to do. Isaiah Pacheco needs to get to the outside a little bit more. Travis Kelsey needs to get to the outside a little bit more. How about those, maybe that tertiary target in Rasheed Rice, this Niners defensive backfield, it's a little bit, I wouldn't say it's much maligned, but it's certainly taking some criticism. They lost a key uh, cog in Tafunga earlier this year, but you have uh, Ambry Thomas, who's gotten hit for some major penalties. Lenoir out there. I just don't know. Now, this isn't Amon Ross St. Brown. This isn't an elite receiving core. It's an elite pass catching core, if you include Travis Kelsey, but how does Rasheed Rice fare against this Niners secondary? Look, the, the key to me is going to be on those third down passes because I think they're going to probably end up running a little bit on early downs because yep. uh, although the, Andy Reid loves to throw the football, this is a weakness of the 49ers defense to tackle them on the ground. However, look at the drop-off. It's measurable without Hufanga in there on third down especially. This pass defense of the San Francisco 49ers weeks 1 to 10 when Hufanga was there, their safety. Number 15 in EPA per attempt, number 10 in success rate. Both of those metrics since week 10 have fallen to number 31 in the NFL. Yeah. Second worst third down defense down the stretch without Hufanga in there. And that's exactly where the Kansas City Chiefs are going to have to thrive is convert those third downs when they get into them, keep the drives alive, keep getting closer to the end zone because this is a team in the Kansas City Chiefs that is terrible throwing the ball over the top. They're not going to have very many explosive passes down the field, even without Hufanga there. It's just not who they are this season. ADOT, very
very low, target depth very low. They have to matriculate the ball closer to the end zone to have some success. Converting on third downs is going to be very important, and this 49ers defense has fallen off tremendously. It has not just been the last two weeks. People look at the playoff games, oh, they're so terrible in the playoff games. What has happened to them? It actually started two months earlier than yeah, that. Yeah, the Ravens game the Ravens game was evidence of that as well, right? They got they got smashed in that game, and that was a that was a home contest as well. So, uh, so you can see how we're building this, what the Chiefs would need to do. We'll, we'll do the same for the Niners on the other side of this segment. But uh, great stuff there from Warren on this Sharp Report live from Las Vegas, Nevada. It's Sports Grid live from Las Vegas. We'll be back right after this. It's the Niners offense against the Chiefs defense. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, we are back live from Las Vegas, Nevada, the BetMGM Sportsbook and SportsGrid Live. And we have the Sharp Report here. Mike Blewett with Warren Sharp. Excited to dive a little bit deeper into this game and these matchups, these key matchups. Just one game, so we have ample time to break down what do these offenses look like against these defenses. So... It is rare that the de- the calling card of the Kansas City Chiefs is their defense, but top three defense this year. They're great in a number of categories, top five, top ten, in just about every major statistical defensive category. But you have a very explosive offense in San Francisco, a team that is scary because of the Shanahan scheme, but his ability to have so much talent utilized in a variety of different ways. But... I think what we're seeing with both of these offenses, they really feel like they need to play from in front. So what do we see with the Niners? How do they get out in front? What is the key for them? Well, they're going to have to uh, be aggressive early, and I don't think a lot of people know about how deep this team passes the football down the field when they do pass. So they're the number two most run-heavy team on early downs. However, they also are the number one deepest passing team when they choose to pass. So it's a lot of runs. It sort of lulls you into this false sense of security that you got to play closer to the line of scrimmage, that you're going to be okay, just try to figure out how to stop the run. And then they don't try to throw it short on early downs. They're trying to go over the top of your head as you've come up to try to stop the run. I love the strategy by Kyle Shanahan. It's one of the reasons that he's my favorite play designer in the NFL. I just love what his offense does. They use the highest rates of two running back sets. Usually it's Kyle Juszczyk, the fullback. Um, And they lull you into that sense that you've got to play with those heavier boxes. They are the number one most efficient rushing attack in the NFL despite playing the number one highest rate of heavy boxes. And I went back and looked through True Media data all the way back to 2000. There's not a single other team since 2000 that has had as much success running the football against this many heavy boxes at the rate that the San Francisco 49ers have faced. So they've been outstanding. They haven't played a very difficult schedule of run defenses, but they've been outstanding. You can only play who is on your schedule. They've run the ball against these guys in a very creative manner. That is a weakness for the Kansas City Chiefs defense. It's against the run. Most of the people that I've talked to on Radio Row this week, the biggest like thing that they feel the most confident about in this game is that Christian McCaffrey's going to have a good game. Everybody's like, well, yeah, of course, Christian McCaffrey's going to have a good game. Best running offense in the NFL going up against a run defense that really struggles. 
I have looked into some things and I have found that while the Kansas City Chiefs have struggled defending the run, they actually have played really good, like top 15, above average, against elite rushing attacks. Against the, They've played eight top 10 run offenses, and they have got stats against those guys that would rank 13th to 14th in the NFL from a run defense perspective. We also know that Christian McCaffrey, these guys are going to run a lot out of 21 personnel. And the Kansas City Chiefs have been very bad defending two running back sets. Those running backs have had a lot of success, but where those running backs have had the most success is on interior runs like inside zone type runs or fullback lead runs up the gut. That is where the Kansas City Chiefs have been bad. Kansas City Chiefs actually are almost a fringe top 10 run defense, about like 10 to 12, when teams run outside zone from 21 personnel. That is the calling card, the staple. It's what the San Francisco 49ers yeah. with McCaffrey do more than anything. They run outside zone to the perimeter. The Kansas City Chiefs actually haven't been total garbage against that. You know, So I think there's a world in this game where we need to start thinking, and this is how I've been betting some props, we need to start accepting that there could be an alternate reality here where McCaffrey has a fine game, an okay game, but not an elite game. He's not 100 out of 100 in this game. Maybe he's 79 out of 100. Still pretty good, still capable of moving the football, but it'll take a little bit longer. They have to be perfect in more areas to move yep. the ball down the field. And in that world, I think it gives Kansas City a little bit more of an advantage than some people think. Plus, we are balancing all of that, Warren, with the notion that we just discussed that Isaiah Pacheco could see a lot of touches as well. You know, Kansas City City. I've used this stat a number of times against Buffalo. They were able to win on the road, possessing the ball only 23 minutes. Mahomes only throwing the ball 23 times. Extremely efficient, able to score quickly. But against Baltimore, they flipped the script. Now that Kansas City had the ball for 37 minutes, and they kept Lamar and that rushing attack, which was obviously underutilized, off the field. So you have to consider that against this Niners team, they'd be better served if they can to keep McCaffrey on the sidelines as much as possible. Yeah, and then if you look at the passing attack, one of the things that I have noticed about Brock Purdy, and I studied the games where they have played top 10 pass defenses, and certainly there's very few defensive coordinators that I respect more than Steve Spagnuolo. Right. Spags obviously devised the game plan to limit Tom Brady from having a perfect season in 2007 when he's the D.C. for the New York Giants. They're going to come up with a plan here to help figure out what to do with Christian McCaffrey on the ground and try to force the ball more into Brock Purdy's hands. Brock Purdy has played only four games against top 10 pass defenses. That is the, uh, there's only been two teams that have played fewer top 10 pass defenses than of the San Francisco 49ers. Brock Purdy has just 141 pass attempts against top 10 pass defenses. Only four teams have played, uh, have had fewer pass attempts than 141 against top 10 pass defenses. So they really have not been tested against an elite pass defense, which the Kansas City Chiefs have. Kansas City Chiefs have been trending a lot better down the stretch defensively as well, especially against some of those deeper passes that San Francisco likes to throw on early downs. I've mentioned before how San Francisco throws deep on early downs at the highest rate in the league. Since we, like the last two months basically the season, the playoffs and the last month of the regular season, Kansas City Chiefs defense ranks number one defending early down deep passes. So that's a strength on strength matchup. It's not a strength on weakness. Purdy in those four games against those top 10 pass defenses, he ranks 28th in completion rate at only 59%. He's thrown five touchdowns to eight interceptions. He's got a 6.1% interception rate. That ranks 31st in the NFL. The touchdown interception rate, that ranks 31st in the NFL. Um, so we aren't seeing, and they're one in three in those games as a result of some of the passing struggles. Now, you could caveat it even more and say, oh, well, he didn't have his left tackle in some of those games, and one of the games was in the rain. Fine. It's a small sample size because they haven't played very many good pass defenses. Right. Now they'll get one. They will have Trent Williams there. It won't be in the rain. So let's see how they do. But the bottom line is the point is it's not like they've had a ton of success against those 
uh, top five pass defenses, and they haven't very, very frequently played them. So this will be a new challenge for them to try to overcome with Brock Purdy. So if I'm Spags, I'm trying to make the game fall onto Brock Purdy's shoulders, make Kyle Shanahan feel like we need to press some things here because Christian McCaffrey's not having as easy of a path as usual. Let's let's figure out other th ways to force the ball down the field, and you could get a pick or two from Brock Purdy. Because we're aligned in, in some of the things that you just said, when you're talking about the long shots for Super Bowl MVP or talking about individual player props, one player that the second I just started looking at the matchups that I don't really love is Brandon Ayuk. Now, he can always have the possibility of hitting a big play. He's a big play wide receiver, but last week against the Lions, the big play was maybe the luckiest bounce in the history of an NFC Championship game off the face of a Lions defender. So I think IU could struggle against uh, Sneed and McDuffie and this defensive backfield, which is elite for Kansas City. But how about some other options? We know they'll do everything they can to stop McCaffrey, but there's probably only so much they can do. Ayuk, I think, will have a tough matchup. Then you start to talk about the other targets. Debo Samuel. He's somebody that you can use in a multiple, in a variety of different ways, multiple ways he's going to line up, multiple ways you can utilize him, running, catching, perhaps passing the ball. So expectations for Debo specifically against this Kansas City defense. He's a tough guy to stop for them. Yeah, so I think every single game, Super Bowl especially, you got to paint a storyline of the way that you think that this game's going to go. And my storyline, my thesis, is that there's a chance that Christian McCaffrey doesn't have that 100 out of 100 type game. As a result, I think there will be the need or the feeling for Kyle Shanahan that he has to press other buttons here. He can't just continue jabbing with Christian McCaffrey the whole game and not having enough success. So I think they are going to utilize Debo Samuel in the ground game a little bit more than we otherwise would expect. They proved last week that they didn't really have confidence in putting the ball into the belly of Elijah Mitchell until okay. the very end of the game when Christian McCaffrey fell on his head on the sideline. That's the only time that they even got him. His first carry was with three minutes and three seconds left in the entire game. Other than that, only because CMC couldn't only be out there. Because he couldn't be out there. 100% of the other carries were CMC at running back or occasional carries by Debo Samuel. I think Kyle's going to try to figure out ways to get the ball into Debo Samuel's hands early and often. Sometimes it's going to be through the air. Sometimes it's going to be through the ground. So I think Debo's rushing yards, I'd prefer that over attempts. I'd prefer the rushing yards, but I think Debo Samuel rushing yards over is an interesting look. But I also think I'm in agreement with you that Brandon Ayuk, with that coverage, you know, there's a chance he has a nice long one. Yeah. A chance he has always. Long one. But I'm more so down on him going over the four and a half receptions. I think slightly fewer receptions. I think they are going to have to target other guys, and Debo is one of those guys. You could just get the ball into his hands all over the field. They're close to the line of scrimmage completions for Brock Purdy oftentimes where it's an easier completion, something like a security blanket, and uh, and then let Samuel cook after the catch. And yeah, that's I totally he's excellent. agree. And as much respect as I have for Nick Bolton, he was a handful in the middle of the field. He is the type of player that can run away from anyone. You obviously have Chris Jones and George Karloftis up front. You have Nick Bolton in the middle and those defensive backs that we talked about that have really developed unbelievably well for them. Just incredible draft picks. McDuffie, a former first rounder as well. So, so that gives you some sense of the breakdown. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about these coaches that we mentioned a number of times. Andy Reid, Kyle Shanahan, Steve Spagnuolo, Steve Wilkes. What is, what is their what does that matchup look like? The brain trust of each team. Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid have been in this position a number of different times now as offensive coordinators and head coaches, including against one another. So uh, we'll do that when we come back. We'll also talk a little bit about some of the NFL coaching changes. Warren and I like to discuss that from time to time as well. What does this look like? What are these teams start to, what, what, or how are these teams going to be molded in the face of these new head coaches, Mike McDonald, Dan Quinn, and the like. So we'll come back live from Las Vegas. It's SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Sports Grid Live from Las Vegas. It's the Sharp Report here on Sports Grid Live as we sit here at the MGM Grand. And the Bet MGM Sportsbook. So, Warren, we've had a chance to break down offense versus defense. Who might have the edges, different ways that they can attack one another. Well, part of that, as much as we like to game plan, there's guys that get paid to do that for a living that are game planning against one another and have done this exact thing four years ago in the Super Bowl. So, Andy Reid versus Kyle Shanahan, Steve Spagnolo, and Steve Wilkes, the defensive coordinators. Offensive coordinator in this game, not as big a position because those head coaches themselves effectively the offensive coordinators and game callers and game planners. So, I'll say this. I'll just lead you into this. I have some concerns about Kyle Shanahan, not because he's not a brilliant play caller, but we have seen him make some quizzical decisions when he was the offensive coordinator with the Falcons when he chose to pass the ball with a huge lead and it led to some inefficiencies. Four years ago, they had a 10-point lead and with eight minutes to go, Jimmy Garoppolo ended up melting down and people questioned whether or not he should have been throwing so much. So, my first question is, do you have concerns about Kyle Shanahan in this spot? I mean, Andy Reid's not perfect either. Let's just say that. So um, it's very difficult to be perfect in this spot. It, it, it's why I believe coaches in the offseason need to go need to undergo some of the stress tests and training that some of the play, uh, guys in the military get put forth. Some of the guys making the key decisions in the military. Some of that level of training. Yeah. Because it's you have to make decisions under pressure, and you have split seconds to make those decisions because you have to get the right personnel in, and you have to get the right. Play play call in and you don't have very much time and is on such a big stage and the stakes are so high bad play boom you might be punting the ball turn over the ball you could play you could be winning the Super Bowl so is so much pressure on these coaches especially because they like you said they are the head coaches so they're in charge of everything plus they also are calling all of the plays so it's very very difficult for both of these guys not necessarily an enviable position that they're yeah. putting themselves into it, uh, but the glory is theirs if they come out on top, right? And for the uh, since we have not seen Kyle Shanahan thrive in this spot, and we have seen him struggle, you have to give the edge to Andy Reid just by default. That said, I do think that a lot of people look at Kyle Shanahan and think, "Oh, he can't get it done." He can't. I think that's a bunch of bull. I'm I think you do. Kyle Shanahan is one of the best coaches that we have in the NFL, and I. Almost, I'm sort of leaning towards the Chiefs here, but I, I, if I wasn't on the Chiefs, I would be wanting the 49ers just because I want to just throw the narrative in the garbage that Kyle can't do it because he's one of the best coaches out there. Which, by the way, that narrative existed for his counterpart in this Super Bowl, Andy Reid. He can't get it done. I, look, that's a very common talking point in sports, and we're at sports talk, and it'd be nice to sit here and be like, he'll never get it done, or this guy can never win a Super Bowl. People say, I really I'm old enough to remember that people said that about Peyton Manning, that he'll never win a Super Bowl. He won two. Or Alex Rodriguez. I'm a Yankees fan. Alex Rodriguez will never win a World Series until he helped carry the team to a World Series. So that hyperbolic stuff, I don't really buy into. I am with Warren in saying that I think Kyle Shanahan is a good coach, but those questions will follow him in terms of him being aggressive at the wrong time and conservative at the wrong time. They'll continue to follow him until he's able to lift the Lombardi Trophy. So um, now Spags, who we both have, uh, I think, a lot of respect for. Spags in the second half of games has been lights out for years now. The Chiefs second half unders and fourth quarter unders are huge winners all season long. And this not this Kansas City Chiefs team, in fact, I'll bring up the stats right now. So 
offensively, by the way, both teams top six in the league, 14.8 to 14.5 San Francisco to Kansas City, respectively, in first half points. But in second half, their defenses, they take those leads and then convert them into being able to slow the game down. Kansas City's opponents scoring less than a touchdown per game in the second half. Just three points was Baltimore able to score. San Francisco allowing 8.5 points per game in the second half. So these teams combined allow not even 16 points per game in the second half. No, I mean, the, the biggest thing here to me is, is I just respect the defensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs in terms of the, I mean, he's been doing this since 2007, shut down Tom Brady's game plan for the New England Patriots in their undefeated season. Steve Spagnuolo is a mastermind here, and I think he may not have the same quality of players at some of the key positions. Like if you name off some of the top five players, most of those defensive top five might be on the San Francisco 49ers, but I think the way that he coaches his defense, the way he amasses the talent, and the way that, I mean, they've had losses. Like, their worst game that they played, one of them, was against the Green Bay Packers. A lot of people turn to that Green Bay Packers game and say, oh, they, they lost them this Matt LaFleur, as a disciple of Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. That might cause trouble for them in this game. They could follow the same game plan. In that game, they were without Nick Bolton. They lost their starting safety on the very, on the seventh play of the game. They lost a starting linebacker on the first snap of the second half of that game. They were playing most of that game with a ragtag group that they had to just assemble at the last second. They had no time to make adjustments or coach any of these guys up. Lost the spine of their defense just like that. I think that they're going to fare a lot better here and I respect the way that Spags is going to make those adjustments quickly and just get on top of the things that Kyle Shanahan might be looking to do here. So, um, like, I, I love the, I'm a big uh, uh, coaches matter more than most people think. Yeah. And so I think that you might have turnovers that could decide the game. You might have a bunch of sacks potentially, although I don't think so. But if a quarterback takes a sack or two, fumbles the football, that could decide the game. Otherwise, I think it's going to come down to the game plan and the coaching. You know, because I, I think both of these all these players, they're generally really good with execution in general. I think it's the strategies that could end up deciding this one. I, I tend to lean your way, and I think you and I are both leaning the Chiefs because, I mean, Spagnolo is a big part of my thought process here. Their ability to lock teams down in the second half can't be ignored, and I know this is an elite offense, perhaps the most elite offense uh, when all things are considered, but uh, it, it doesn't mean that Steve Spagnolo can't out with them and, and figure out some of the how to exploit some of the weaknesses on offense that the Niners may exhibit in the first half. So we've talked a little bit about coaches and, and, and the Super Bowl. We've gotten your thoughts. We'll do a little bit of special teams as well to wrap it up. But since we have a few minutes and we've had a lot of news regarding coaches in general and coaching changes, what one, what team do you think going into it and obviously teams are going to go through free agency in the draft as these new coaches build their franchises. What franchise do you like the hire that they made? Mike McDonald to Seattle? Is it anybody else? Uh, you know, look, Mike McDonald, I think, was a, was a fine hire. I, I really wasn't, I guess I was a little bit more surprised than anything with the general way that these coaches were being hired this year and who was being selected. Um, there wasn't any sort of pairing that absolutely jumped off the map to me. Uh, I was very surprised that Ben Johnson didn't end up in D.C., I, I think, you, yeah. more than anything, because um, it seemed like the, the table was set, right, for that to occur. You had the opportunity for Ben Johnson to uh, draft a quarterback pretty high in the draft with the Washington Commanders and them to have a lot of you know very low expectations, build from the ground up, try to do something there. Obviously, he decided he didn't want to be uh, either involved with his ownership group. There's a lot of different rumors that are circulating. Um, so that one was a little bit surprising to me. There's also a couple of guys that got hired that, you know, I, okay, like I, just didn't really impress yeah. me all that much. So I thought this general hiring cycle was interesting. I do think that Harbaugh with the Chargers is one that we just seen his early success wherever he has gone. He takes a team that has a low record and that first year there's something measurable and that second year then is an even bigger jump. Uh, we saw that just in all of his stops, whether it was college or the pros, and he went over his projected win total the first three years in his first 
stint in San Francisco. Um, took that team to conference championships three straight years, I believe. Super Bowl one year. Uh, so I think that I'm excited to see because you could debate all you want about Herbert and if he's good or he's not good or how elite really is he. Um, but we're going to find out now. You finally got a guy in there in Harbaugh who brings great assistance with him, brings great coaching with him. And I think the coaching that Herbert's going to receive, coupled with some of the smart decisions that they're going to make there, we're going to find out what his ceiling is pretty darn quickly here. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. Harbaugh, now, does he wear people out? Yeah, yes, in a couple of different spots, but he's won everywhere he's gone. I think what's curious about the Chargers is uh, they're so far over the salary cap. They, You and I talked about it on draft night. Like, I don't know sure what they were doing. They didn't add anybody in free agency, and now they find themselves over the cap, another unsuccessful campaign. It feels like they might have to rip it all down to the studs for Harbaugh to build it back up with his new GM. Yeah, and anytime you're paying a quarterback, which they yeah. will be with Justin Herbert, it becomes that much more difficult. And and we've got the huge difference here with these two teams. In, in Brock Purdy's being paid at QB 67, yeah. it's much easier to build a roster when you're paying a quarterback on his rookie deal, especially Mr. Irrelevant. Meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes hits the salary cap at the highest number for any player in the league this season and how difficult it is to build a roster around him. Yeah, so um, some a couple of, just a couple of other hires. You know, the Raiders right here, here in, in Vegas, they are in the exact same position that they were in three years ago where they had an interim coach. This time, they elect to keep Antonio Pierce. Last time, they did not keep Rich Bisaccia when he replaced John Gruden. So I, I think the Raiders have a long way to go. But do you feel it was the right move to sort of li read the room, listen to the room? And it feels like the players influenced this decision heavily. Well, they did, but think about this. This was is funny to me. What player is going to want to say, "Hey, bring in somebody that I'm not familiar with, right. who may or may not like me. Just bring in some new guy, and and I'll have to work my ass off to impress him." <laughs> like most players aren't going to say that. Of course, most players want status quo. Whoever, all the starters, they want status quo because they were starting. Now, are they going to win the Super Bowl with Antonio Pierce as their head coach? I highly doubt it. But do they think that they're going to be on the roster in a few years when a new coach comes in that might win the Super Bowl? You know, that's probably less likely. They're playing with for a job. They're playing to keep that job. And Antonio Pierce was giving him that job. I generally am against hiring interim coaches, especially like this. I saw the philosophy that they were exhibiting offensively. You know, it was a great feel-good story. Just run the football a lot. And, you know, we're just going to run it. And I I'm, I don't really buy into that being winning, a winning recipe long-term, especially once other teams are starting to scheme and game plan against you and what you're trying to do. Um, you know, it might have helped make some of their games a little bit uh, lower variance. And from that respect, when they're underdogs, you want to try to shorten a game anyway. So I kind of get it from that regard. But it seems like this is just their game plan cookie cutter going to be every single week. We, we just want to be a tough run first football team. And, you know, when you don't have the creativity offensively like a Kyle Shanahan who can run the football a lot, but runs it in such unique ways and then also has such a creative passing attack off of that like you can't just be a run first team without that I think they're going to be lacking in that regard um, so I, I generally don't buy it feels the same as like signing Joe Flacco as a feel good story to a big contract after he won the Super Bowl right. his rookie season with the Baltimore Ravens with the fifth year option it's like what, what else could we do here we really don't have that many other options like kind of feel like we're stuck with this sort of feels like how the Raiders are uh, they felt like they were sort of stuck with it the players wanted it also fine let's just make the easy move and just sign him yeah I, I I tend to agree. I, I, it's, it's nothing against Antonio Pierce. He, he might be a fine coach, but philosophically, you're in the same division as the Kansas City Chiefs and Justin Herbert and uh, and Sean Payton now. And then you're going to have to step aside and have somebody offensively come in creatively and help you to score points against some of these teams or, or score points with these other teams. Uh, on another day, we'll talk about Cliff Kingsbury and what happened him leaving uh, what we thought was going to be the Vegas job and going to Washington. But when we come back, we'll wrap it up with some special teams talk with Lauren Sharp on the Sharp Report. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. 
Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Back to close it out with Warren Sharp and the Sharp Report here on Sports Grid Live from Las Vegas. We want to talk about special teams. Special teams are a massive factor in a ton of playoff games. We saw it in Buffalo. Missed kicks. Really a big storyline. So we got Harrison Butker, a, a very successful field goal kicker, going up against a rookie kicker in Jake Moody. But we also have the punting game to talk about. Yeah, the punting game is where I want to start with here. We've got two punters. Both punt at very different situations over the course of the season. You have the San Francisco 49ers. They punt down at sea level. This is the highest elevation for any Super Bowl that's been played in history up here in Las Vegas. I think these punts are going to be traveling a little bit further. And for that reason, I think San Francisco is going to have some success. We bet over longest punt for San Francisco. Also bet over the longest punt for Kansas City because when you think about it, what Kansas City has been doing here, Hunting a brick when they played at home against the Miami Dolphins in the wild card round. That game saw record low almost uh, wind chill temperatures. Then they go to Buffalo where it's freezing cold up there as well. They play in Baltimore in the rain. Now, once again, they're playing in a climate controlled situation environment that punting is very successful for them. They've had a lot of uh, opportunities to kick deep punts in this venue because they play here once a year. And I think the same thing will transition into actually Harrison Bucker for the Kansas City Chiefs from a field goal kicking perspective. The one drawback, the one concern, red flag that I have, Mike, about the offense of the Kansas City Chiefs is their tendency to stall out in the red zone. And thus, I think we're going to see Harrison Bucker maybe kick a field goal from in close, but he certainly can bang one out from deep as well. He's got a great leg. So for that reason, I think Harrison Bucker over one and a half field goals made in this game is another prop that's interesting. Speaking my language, I love Harrison Bucker overs. I, I think the Chiefs will take advantage early of a, a Bucker kick. I wouldn't be surprised if it's 3 nothing Chiefs in the first quarter. I, I have to be honest, I have concerns. Jake Moody's a rookie. He's been fine. He's been good for a rookie kicker, but he's a rookie. And it's the Super Bowl. So we obviously have a lot to discuss uh, regarding special teams and more. It's been great to have Warren Sharp on for this hour. It's been the Sharp Report all hour. Got down with all the matchups. Great job by him, as always. When I come back, I'll be with Brady Cannon live from the BetMGM Sportsbook and the MGM Grand Hotel. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.